0: Welcome to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, or SALT, at the Sunset International Bible Institute. And we welcome you to our SaltCast this week. Again, we are talking with Kerry Williams, who serves or is about to serve as a full-time pulpit minister with the Tupelo congregation, and uh, he'll be moving there soon and uh, taking on that role He also serves as the Dean of Graduate Studies for the Sunset International Bible Institute and the Director of the Lake Tahoe Family Encampment. So welcome. Thank you. Uh, I know you wear a lot of hats and you stay very busy, and so I'm very thankful to have the time to get to visit with you. And I I know that you and your wife um, have done an incredible job raising your kids because I've I've met your kids and, and I love your family, and we've talked a great deal about some of the various components of your role as parents and raising them and I know because I've listened to and I have subscribed to your podcast that you and Lenora do on parenting. So tell us a little bit about that and where people can go and listen to it and uh and kind of what it deals with and that information.
1: Okay, well our our podcast is called Picture Parenting and it's found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of those. And Really, what we wanted to do is as a preacher and a preacher's wife all through these years, raising our children in the church and having just the greatest environment to raise children, because there's no, there's no more fulfilling family to be kind of an extended family to your kids than the Lord's church. and, And we've cherished it. And we always wanted our kids to grow in the Lord. We wanted them to become successful people in every area of life, successful relationally, of course, spiritually above all. And we wanted our kids to be successful, even professionally. And so we didn't have a manual. There's not really a book for parenting. All we knew to do was to go to the same book we go to for everything in life. So we just tried to follow what we read, particularly in the book of Proverbs, which is just full of wisdom about practical living. And we raised our kids in that way, and, and you know, we would mark some things as successes and other things we, we still trust in the Lord to work out in our kids' lives. But we've started to notice through the years so many folks whose children seemed more like a burden in their life right. than like a joy. And I can say we had our challenging moments with our kids. We had to discipline our kids. We yelled at our kids. We, we had all of those moments, but... Our children were a joy right. and it and it was really hard when the last one left. And that's part of the reason we're moving is we're getting close to them again. Because right. we raised our best friends and we talked to all three of them every day, even though they're spread all over the country. And we never had a moment where we had to get a babysitter. we did get babysitters, but we didn't ever do it because we just had to get a break from our kids. Right. We just wanted to, we, maybe wanted to go out and spend time alone but we loved being with our kids because our kids didn't embarrass us and our kids didn't constantly drain us of our energy our kids were a joy rather than a burden and I see people and I feel so badly for them because I see them and they they're they're kids and it's just like they don't know what to do they don't know how to handle them and it just like looks like they just can't wait until their kids are grown Mm -hmm. and I think wow you will someday you'll look back and you will have wished that you'd lived every moment the best that you can. And so the picture parenting podcast was all based upon this idea of a picture. You know, when when we first had our children, I had this image, Lenore had this image in our mind of who we wanted them to be ultimately because we're raising friends for the rest of our lives. And it's glorious because you get to raise exactly the best friend you want. Right Now there's free will involved, but for the most part... And so we, we had this image, what, what do we want our kids to look like at 30? And we just used that as the model. So uh, now not on things like it's appropriate to play with dolls when you're little and not when you're 30. I mean, they're age-appropriate things. But sure. when it came to character issues, personality issues, yeah. attitudes, we used that as the model. In other words, if we didn't want our kids to be disrespectful at 30, we're not going to let them be disrespectful at three. Right. If we wanted our kids to look people in the eye when they 're thirty, uh, we made them look people in the eye when they 're three, and even some touchy things like i didn't want my kids to live on only on chicken nuggets when they 're thirty, <laughs> so we didn't let them live only on chicken nuggets when they're three. you know uh, it, to me, it applies to almost everything in life it 's a simple simple process. you make decisions based upon what do I want them to be what 's the picture and what decision do I make now that helps to mold them towards that?
0: I think one of the early on, maybe the first podcast that I listened to, Lenora was talking about when you would go and visit someone's home, that you had your kids eat what was put before them. They had to, even if they didn't know what it tasted like, they would have to try it and determine whether they liked it or not. I got so tickled listening to that because I was thinking about our own children growing up. It's like, they do, they get very picky. And if we allow them to be that picky, then they will grow up living on chicken nuggets when they get to be there.
1: There's a funny story. We, we you know, have been invited to people's homes through the years and that was part of it. We didn't want our kids to embarrass us being invited to people's homes if they served them something a little different than what they're used to. Well, one couple was, she was from India and we'd never had Indian food. And Indian food's, different than what we're used to in the United States. And so she invited us to her favorite Indian restaurant and it was a buffet type restaurant and our children went through and I gave them the look. So they took a little bit of everything. And if you've ever had Indian food, it has a different coloration than a lot of the foods we're used to and a different odor than, you know, it has uh, different spices. And our kids, the the look, they were trying to, I could tell that smile was plastered (laughs) on. And sure enough, we get to the table and they politely ate some of everything. And it 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 it, it was a typical buffet line with a salad bar. And the salad bar were typical American fare, you know, salad and salad dressings and fruit. And the lady asked one of our daughters, what did you think of Indian food? And our daughter, I could tell she was racking her brain. She's like six, (laughs) you know, or seven. And she's racking her brain, what am I gonna say? And she smiles and she says, oh, I love Indian grapes. And Lenore and I just smiled at each other. And the lady sweetly said, well, honey, those are just normal graves. <laughs> and, and our daughter said, but they're really good. <laughs> and we knew right then, yeah, that's what we were hoping for, you, you know.
0: <laughs> well, and, and I, you know, when I think about leadership in the church, and we've spent a lot of time in previous podcasts talking about leadership in the church, and we're going to talk more about that. To me, it begins with leadership in the home. And understanding that role as a parent and, and especially as, as a father and a mother and, and the leadership that you provide for your kids. One of the things that uh, we have talked about, and I've heard you say that you taught your kids growing up and from a spiritual perspective that I think is one of the most powerful things is when you are all about God, God is all about you. Tell a little bit about not just how you came to that conclusion, but how you've shown that in your life with your kids and, and to teach them that.
1: Well, we it struck me as I was reading through the book of Genesis for you know the hundredth time or whatever, and you always notice, that's a beautiful thing about the Word of God, there's always more to be found, even if you've studied that passage your whole life. And I was studying through, and Abraham, he's known as the father of faith, but it, it was ironic to me that he, his weakness always had to do with faith. So the father of faith, all of his shortcomings are a lack of faith. You know, he lies about his wife, he allows her to... Force him into having a, a child that's, and not trusting in God. You know, it's funny. Well, the second time he lies about his wife was with Abimelech. And King Abimelech sees, and she, she was quite the looker even at her aged <laughs> years. And he, he says, who is this? And Abraham's afraid. And he says, it's my sister. And before that all, and I'm paraphrasing here, I don't have Bible right in front of me, but we all know this story. Before things get too far along, God, basically strikes him and his family sick and appears to him and says, you and your family are going to die. And Abimelech rightly says, what did I do wrong? I didn't know that he lied to me. And God, in essence, says, well, okay, that's true. So I'll give you a chance. You go to Abraham and you have Abraham pray for you. And if he does, then you'll be healed, but you give back his wife. And So he does this, and Abimelech goes, and I just wish the Bible could express the tone with which it said, because you know, it was like, Abraham, please pray for me and my family. Here's your wife back, although this is your fault. You know, that's kind of how he, 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 the sense you get from it. And it's so intriguing, because sure enough, Abraham prays for him, and Abraham leaves. And to get him out of there, Abimelech gives him all this money, all this cattle, all these things that in that time would have been great wealth. So Abraham leaves richer than he was, and he did all the sinning in that situation. That doesn't fit into our little, you know, matrix of justice and sin and punishment. and It just doesn't fit into our theological box. Fairness? Yeah, you're right. So why is it that here Abimelech doesn't do anything wrong in that instance? Abraham does everything wrong in that instance, and still God comes and sides with Abraham. I think it's because God looked at their lives as a whole. And yes, this was an isolated incident. There were a few of them in his life Mm -hmm. where Abraham had a lack of faith. But for the majority of his life, in general, his life was defined by his faith. He left Ur of the Chaldeans to go to a place and, and really to serve a God he didn't even know. I mean, it tells us in Joshua, I think it's Joshua, that, that Abraham, he, he, he originally they served pagan gods, his family, but then this God appears to him, this voice, and he leaves everything. That's faith. Yeah. And then all along, and then of course it'll be shown with Isaac. And so all through, this guy is all about God. And then when he falls short, God returns that loyalty. And it's all about him. Mm-hmm. And it just struck me. That's the way God always is. Yeah. If be all, he always wants a personal relationship. If we be all about God, God will be all about you. And I have found that to be true in our lives. That, and what a great blessing that we know that when we fall short, if we've tried to be people who serve him with all of our heart, he will not abandon us. He will be there. He will be there.
0: I love that. And I I have used that, and I I just think about that so often. And, And I think it's just such a great concept. And kids need to know that, that life isn't just about here are all the rules and regulations, but it's about a relationship of developing that kind of trust and faith, not just between us as parents and kids, but helping them in their relationship with God. And uh, as we kind of close this session out, I'd like for you to share maybe what you would consider to be one of the most uh, significant pieces of advice, maybe as, as a parent and a leadership role in the home, that would help those who are listening, that either are going to be parents or are parents now, that would help them in, in that regard.
1: Well, I think I mean there's so many things I could talk about the fact that people put up with rebellion and God never puts up with rebellion. I mean, you can have mercy with your kids cuz God have mercy with us, but you got to come down on rebellion like a hammer cuz God doesn't tolerate it and neither right. should we. And some people don't even recognize what rebellion is. You know, and, and don't know how to distinguish between that and weakness. And so that would be a significant thing, but I think that probably the biggest thing I see that I really just wish I could I could encourage people is Train your kids, not just in their actions, but in their attitude. Um, You know, nobody wants a 30 year old coming into work that wears their feelings on their sleeve every day. Nobody cares. And that's just the truth. And people today are so ruled by their emotions. And I see folks who have children and they say, no, you can't go there. So that kid will cross his arms and mope and sit on the couch and just look like, like the world's about to end. And the parents will just ignore it. Lenore and I, we, we didn't want our kids going to work that way. Because we knew their boss don't care if they're having a bad day. And they need to learn to control their emotions rather than to allow their emotions to control them. Wow! And so we taught our kids, you got one minute to get in a good mood. And you have the mastery of your mood. Um, and so here's the punishment. It's going to double in a minute from now. And then you'll have another minute and then it'll double again. And we meant it. Yeah. And they found out real fast and they could change and they could decide to be happy. And guess what? Our life went well the rest of the night. <laughs> I mean, our life was a joy because yeah. we could dictate our kids' moods. And it's really not that hard. Yeah. And it wasn't just good for us. And it was good for us. Yeah. It was good for them because now they can interact with people even when they're not feeling it. Now they can be successful in, in, even in a competitive world, even professionally, in, in a world where other people are, are not showing up to work because they're having a bad day or they're not, I mean, that's not, the, that's not the recipe for excellence and success. We need to teach our children to control their moods and their emotions, not to be controlled by them. Wow, that's awesome.
0: Well, again, uh, Carrie and Lenore's podcast is Picture Parenting, and tell us again where people can find that.
1: Oh, they can find it on Spotify. They can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, really really anywhere that okay. you can find podcasts. It's available. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you again for joining us, and uh, I just love this because I think parenting and the role of leadership in the home is foundational to everything else, and certainly it influences the direction of leadership within the church. and. Uh, beneficial to them, um, but uh, i 'm looking forward to our next podcast because we 've got some areas we want to talk about in regards to preachers and elders and that dynamic in that relationship and I know you have a great deal of experience in that, so uh, thank you for listening in on our saltcast today and uh, being a part of this uh, particular uh, event and we invite you to join us next time as we 'll talk further with Carrie. Uh, about leadership in the church, especially as it relates to elders and preachers and their relationship. Again, I'm Bob Turner, and I am the director of SALT, Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, and we look forward to having you join us next time.